Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. All right, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. You've got Mike and Pete across the way other side at the controls. Bogish with your updates as we take it right up until 9. We'll get back to your calls and some other things here momentarily. Jerry Rice joins us now. New book is out, and he co-authored it. NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver, obviously legendary. Best receiver the sport's ever seen. Uh, America's game, the NFL at 100. And Jerry Rice joins us now. Hey, Jerry, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes here on this Tuesday morning. Really appreciate it. Jerry, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're doing well, Jerry. How's uh, how's everything? How's life? Good? Hey, man, life is really good, man. So I'm here in New York, and I'm promoting my new book, so I'm excited about that. Your book is awesome, too. Uh, we got some copies, so uh, we're fired up about it. It's nice and thick. It's going to be great for the holidays, my man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love yeah, it. That's what I'm saying, man. It's very educational and stuff like that. I learned so much about, you know, football because, you know, I'm just like a little kid. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I played the game for over 20 years, and I'm still excited about football. Did you guys watch the game last night? Yeah, we watched it, yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Did you guys see the cat running across the field? Yes, yeah, we were we just talking about, about yeah. that. Yes, we saw the cat running across. Oh, man. Hey, man, I would have chased that cat down. <laughs> hey, I'm sure you would have, Listen, Jerry. hey, Jerry, that cat didn't look too – that cat looking at something going on with it, man. That was like like Moose. That was an alley cat. That thing uh, might have been rabbit That was a little nasty cat, it's Jerry. nasty, man. I don't know if I want to be around that near that cat, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know. It was something about it because he went to, like, the one-yard line and, it, you know – as a receiver, we never want to get tackled at the one-yard line, okay? <laughs> so, so you know, just watching him do that, then, you know, he decided to exit and, and, and all of that. But, yeah, it was funny. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, Dallas ended up winning that game. Yeah, 37-18 being the final, Jerry. You know, what made you you know, want to get involved in this book? Obviously, you know, you're, you know, a legendary player and the greatest receiver the sport's ever seen, Jerry. But – what made you want to get involved in in, in this kind of uh, a book for the football fan out there? Well, because I, I wanted to know more history about, you know, the game that I played and the game that I loved. And I was curious because to my uh, uh, 
my writer got in touch with me because we did uh, 50 Years, 50 Mo- Moments, and that was a bestseller for us. Then he challenged me to do something else, and I, I decided to uh, do this book, and I, I was curious about the people that made football what it is today. You know, from the old days, way back, you know, like uh, Lombardi. You know, what type of coach was he? Uh, you know, I played for the greatest quarterback ever, you know, in Joe Montana. Uh, say a uh, Johnny Unitas or something like that. The Fierce and Foursome, Mel Olson, uh, the Purple People Eater with Alan Page right. and all of that. And just the history about, you know, the game of football. And people don't realize that, you know, football – almost didn't really uh, happen because of the Great Depression, uh, World War II, uh, and all of those things. So, you know, the, you know, the, foot, uh, the NFL had to survive, and, uh, and they did. You know, hey, Jerry, so let me ask you, I mean, like Moose said, I mean, uh, greatest receiver ever is yourself. I, I watched your whole career. It was amazing, uh, just amazing, 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 amazing player. There's not enough uh, adjectives to say how great uh, you were on the field. But today, right, could you imagine yourself playing in the NFL today? I mean, you know, because the game has changed so much, as you know, as far as touching the D-backs, what they can do and not do, what receivers can do and not do, hitting. Speak on that if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, guys? You know, back in the day, I, and, and I really liked it this way because I knew it was going to be a physical battle uh, the entire game. And I, I, I really wanted defensive backs to come up and play me bump and run and and for, you know, for us to be physical downfield because I know exactly where the guy's, guy's at, then I can come out of my cut. It's totally different now. You know, you're not seeing a lot of bump and run. Uh, you can't, uh, you know, really uh, touch the receiver after five yards. I remember going across the middle and you had linebackers, you know, trying to take your head off. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, these players are more protected and, uh, and you can't hit um, a receiver a certain way once he catches. Uh, the football. So, God, you know, I played for 20 years. I probably would have played like if, you know, like 25, you know, because right. of the way the game is <laughs> yeah. played now. You know, they're protecting players, and uh, and it's just a whole different ball game. You know, Jerry, um, in, in today's football, who do you think the best receiver in the game is right now? Oh, man, it's always uh, – I'm always going to go with Julio Jones. Mm. I, I think Julio because every he brings – everything to the game he got the speed he got the size you know he got the jumping ability uh you know he can stress the field and, and, and run by defenders and all that so you know uh he's not on a very good team right now but i still think uh julio jones uh is the best receiver uh in the game right now follow up on that here jerry is this all right so if you had to pick a quarterback right and you know your stats would be i mean obscene if mm. you're ever able to play wide receiver with what defensive backs can't do in right. 2019 NFL football. If the quarterback right now that's in the game that you would love to play with, who would that quarterback be? I, it would be Tom Brady. Mm. Tom Brady, because Tom is not going to hold on to the ball. Tom is going to put the ball in a position where you can catch the ball and do something with it. Uh, and also, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at uh, a Drew Brees, a Russell Wilson, uh, you know, those type of quarterbacks, you know that these guys going to make good smart decisions on the field, and they're going to give you opportunities. You listen to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Jerry Rice, NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver, author of America's Game, the NFL at 100. So, Jerry, um, speaking on quarterbacks with your old team, uh, the 49ers, uh, Jimmy G, um, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah. Are you impressed so far with Jimmy G, what he's been doing? 
Well, you know, Jimmy G, last ball game, he showed that, hey, look, I'm capable of making things happen because uh, the Niners, they were having a, a little difficult time running the football and stuff like that. And he stood in the pocket and he made some throws that was right on point. So, you know, I think he was having a great time, uh, you know, in the game. Even when Arizona came back, I think it was like 25, 20, uh, I mean, 28, 25, Jimmy G was on the field smiling. This team, they got a swagger about themselves right now. Uh, Defensive-wise, they got that big defensive line up front that's going to put pressure on the quarterback to, uh, you know, uh, make some mistakes. Then that secondary is going to hold up. Then on offense, you got some weapons. You got some that running game. You got Jimmy G. You got some receivers. Uh, big Kittle. Uh, they brought on Sanders. He's real good. Sanders. Kittle. Real good. So you, yeah. yeah. So it, it's like everything is starting to come together for the San Francisco 49ers, and we're undefeated right now. You know, Jerry, you threw it out there in terms of playing with the greatest quarterback ever in Joe Montana, obviously undefeated in Super Bowls. Uh, but, you know, the, some Patriots fans are going to say, hold up a second here now. You know, you look at what Tom Brady's been able to accomplish over his decorated career up there with the yeah. New England Patriots. Why do, you, why do you think Montana's better than Brady? No, you know, no, I don't think this is a comparison because it's a different era. Okay. And, and, and football was totally different back when we played and, and – the game today. I'm, I'm not disputing what Tom Brady is accomplishing right now. He's an exceptional quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a GOAT. He's a GOAT. And, and Joe Montana is a GOAT. There are so many athletes that are GOATs and stuff like that, but it, it's just that it's just a, a different era. Jerry, so you've had, obviously, you've gone up against some of the, the best D-backs in the game. Um, it's the legendary matchups and stuff like that and rivalry matchups. Uh, who sticks out to you as one of the better guys, the better corners that had to cover you or something like that? Or, you know, someone maybe that you, you know, not that you didn't want to play against because you were ultra competitive and successful. Right. But, you know, give me somebody that, like, you know, that sticks out to you when I mention D backs, like who's in your well, day, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't like defensive backs. You know, we didn't get along that well. <laughs> sure. But, you know, I, I, would say, I would say a Deion Sanders or right. Daryl Green. Okay. Because you, you got two guys that are so fast. And and what these guys, when you got fast guys like that, they just want you to release because they know you can't outrun them. So I always had to have a game plan when I came to the line of scrimmage. You know, I want to double move, triple move, get them off their feet, then uh, just hope that the quarterback throw the ball on time. You know, Jerry, you 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 know, you're coached by a legend, an innovator in Bill Walsh. Did you know at the time as, as offensive players how innovative that West Coast offense was? Nah, you know, I really didn't. I really didn't, but I, I knew that it was very complex, and it took me a while to really feel comfortable in that system and, and learning it. And But once I got it, man, it was like, you know, it was like pitch and catch. It, it was so simple because I knew how to read the defense. I knew if I was man-to-man. I knew if it was a zone or something like that. And the quarterback, you know, we were on the same page, and uh, we were able to – you know, come up with some big plays. But once I got it down, it was exciting. Yeah, no doubt. So I'd love to get your take, you know, Jerry, on, on you know, with the Browns and stuff with Mayfield and, and where I'm going, obviously, uh-huh. is Beckham. You know, uh-huh. right? So Beckham, and they got Juice Langer, too. They got a couple of really good receivers right. there. But they're struggling. They're sitting 2-6 and six right now. Now, Baker Mayfield, it's, you know, I, I mean, break it down from an offensive, from a throwing the football, catch the football perspective. Your take on what's not clicking right now with Beckham and Mayfield, maybe Juice Landry and Mayfield. Yeah, you know what, man? It just doesn't seem like they're like on the same page. It's almost like they're on a, a different planet. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, you always got to have that relationship with your quarterback. And how you develop that relationship is doing practice and, and, and preparation and all of that. Uh, coming down to the end of that ball game, you got you have Odell Beckham one-on-one outside. Yep. One on one, and you're not going to give him the opportunity to uh, to win that football game. So I was, I was very uh, shocked by that. But I think they need to get on the same page. You know, I don't and know if you heard. I, I don't know if you heard during that game. Uh, Steve Young, as I met, we were talking about you on the radio the other day. Steve Young during that play with Beckham. When, when Mayfield didn't go to him, Steve Young started freaking out on commentary and saying how with you. He would always know where Jerry Rice was. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Steve knew. Steve knew if I had one-on-one coverage like that, he better throw me that football there you go. and yeah. give me a chance. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really uh, difficult to watch because it's all, almost like, you know, you see Baker Mayfield, he's sitting by himself or he's sitting – away from each other, uh, you know, as a receiving core and all of that, normally you are in communication with the quarterback at all times, even when you're not on the football field. You know, you're talking about strategy and and what you want to do during the game, and you don't see that with the Cleveland Browns. You know, Jerry, and we're talking to Jerry Rice, Hall of Fame wide receiver, best receiver the sport's ever seen. Uh, A book is out, uh, America's Game, the NFL at 100. He co-authored it. Check it out. It's fantastic for the holidays. Pick it up. Uh, you learn a lot of history of the game, the guys that uh, really helped make this game what it is today, Jerry. You know, I heard one of your teammates uh, talk about you and you know your work ethic and dedication and everything like that, but also talked about the fact of you know they were impressed in, in terms of your style on the field, that you always wanted to make <laughs> no, no. sure you know that that you looked the part on the field and just as you know dedicated as you were in terms of your route running and knowing where you needed to be you also wanted to make sure you looked the part on the field right Jerry Yeah that was important to me guys and and now you're seeing a lot of this stuff even with the you know the officials uh telling uh Odell Beckham and uh, Landry that you know they had to change their shoes to come back out on the field Yeah and, yeah, the uniform is everything. That was important to me. The pants, uh, the new socks, uh, the new shoes, uh, you know, the jersey and everything had to fit a certain way because I, I just felt like if you look good, you were going to play well. And you look good and you played well. And, yeah. you know, nobody did it better, Jerry. Final one for you. You know, growing up here in the tri-state area, as Taz and I did here in the, in the Northeast, those giant Niner games – um, I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, Bavaro carrying Ronnie Lott. I mean, and you know, that you, you want to talk about that championship game out there in San Francisco. You had your yeah, days as well. God, I yeah. mean, those giant Niner games, though, with LT and with Sims and with you guys and Monta, those were legendary epic games. And, and, those, and that rivalry lasted for quite some time, Jerry. Yeah, it really did. And Lawrence Taylor, you know, we still joke around, uh, joke around about this today. Lawrence said, I could never hit you. I was just looking for the opportunity to hit you. I said, well, look, I was way too fast for you. There was no way uh, you could hit me. But, yeah, it was a great battle. And, you know, we didn't like playing here in the Meadowlands. Uh, very hostile crowd. And, uh, you know, the fans, they were in the game. And, and when you are like a, uh, you know, when you are coming in to play a team like that, you want to try to take the crowd out as quickly as possible. So we, need, uh, we knew that we needed to put points on the board, try to take – 
the crowd out there. And once we did that, now we can just, you know, work on, uh, you know, just putting points on the board. And, Jerry, you know, I was rooting so hard for you in that playoff game, right, where what was that? Was that a, a slanted go or a fly pattern where my, where you get hit and you fumble the football at the old Giant Stadium? You know, Man, I, I didn't up... fumble that. Yeah, I didn't fumble that football. <laughs> Man, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I was just young. I was just young. Little it, puff and stuff like that. I'm running with this slant and. All of a sudden, that ball just popped out, and oh, my God. Jerry, I was rooting so hard for you. I grew up a Redskin fan. I'm surrounded by Giant fans. I'm like, go Niners. There goes Rice down the field. Yeah, but you know what? That that taught me that, hey, I need to secure that ball every time I caught it. And after that, you know, uh, I tried to do that. Hey, Jerry, we love watching you play. Yeah, man. uh, You know, and uh, continued success. And uh, Congratulations on all your success, and best of luck with the books, and thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. You guys have a great day, okay? You, you guys as well. Uh, Jerry Rice, NFL uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver. The man right there, sports dude. sports ever seen, and the that man. is true. That he game, is the man. That playoff <laughs> game against the Giants, Taz. I was rooting so hard. I was a Redskins fan. I can imagine, yeah. I was yeah. rooting so hard for the 49ers that day. <laughs> he hits Rice on the slant. Rice is gone, and then all of a sudden, the football gods just batted the ball out of his hands to fumble. <laughs> Giants recover. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if he liked you bring that up. <laughs> I understand, but it was true. I know. I it's know. true. It happened. I, it's part of history. You're it right. It is. You're right. I mean, I, but it, the point of being is that, you know, I thought the I thought the Niners could do it that day. That was yeah, the point. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I know your point. I'm not sure if he got it. I know. <laughs> I'm a little bit bothered by that one. Oh, what are you going to do? You live and learn. You got to bring it up, game. though. You did the right thing. The you got to bring it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had 100. Uh, He's like, oh, I was a young kid. This and that. I knew about ball security. Uh, hopefully, I didn't insult the greatest receiver of all time, did I? Good chance. Good chance. Good chance. It's Taz and the Moose on this Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855 212 4CBS. That's 855 212 4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. And CBS this Sunday, the NFL on CBS features the Chiefs taking on the Titans or an NFC encounter between the Lions and the Bears, all beginning with JB and the guys in the NFL today. Noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. Taz Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning. We'll get to the pigskin pileup here momentarily. Bogus is in the house. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Mark. Good morning. Hello, Taz. Mike, Pete, Weird Al. Here's your report. It is sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Hey, let me ask you a question. Sure, Taz. You still enjoying your time here on Taz and the Moose? Of course. I wish the show started at like noon, but you know, I'll take it. A little early, right? Yeah. A little later. I mean, a little later. It's early now. I'd like it to start later, yeah. Yes, noon. Yeah. Maybe we can work on that down the road if we, you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Pete, you're on that? Yes, I am. Thank you, Pete. Uh, It took a while to get going, but the Cowboys got going against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Prescott in the gun. Trips to the left, snap back, four-man rush, 
Time to throw it over the middle, wide open to the 25-yard line. Amari Cooper to the 10, to the 5, to the pylon. Touchdown, Amari Cooper. That so rarely happens, a wide receiver running freely to the middle of the Giants secondary. Uh, Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio, third touchdown pass of the evening from Dak Prescott. Dallas scored 21 in the fourth to pull away for a 37-18 victory. They've taken six in a row from the Giants, who have also dropped five straight overall. This loss featured three more turnovers from rookie QB Daniel Jones. It's frustrating. It's uh, you know frustrating to to lose, but um, you know we got to make sure that we we learn from it and we we improve. Um, and I think that's what we'll what we'll do this week. Saquon Barkley held to just 28 rushing yards, his fewest in a full game in his short career. The offense also settling for four field goals under 30 yards. Colts QB Jacoby Brissett has a sprained left MCL, but that's basically the best news Indy could have gotten from his MRI. Brissett could play this weekend, and the free-falling Falcons have reassigned three assistants coming off their bye. That includes Raheem Morris going from wide receivers to secondary coach. The Golden State Warriors starting five last night was Glenn Robinson III. We've heard of him. Willie Cauley-Stein, we've heard of him. Then we get to Eric Paschal. You might remember him from Villanova, national champions. Then there's Jordan Poole and Kai Bowman. That's how they started against the Blazers, and Golden State somehow won. Bowman with a dribble to Paschal. Paschal up top, shoots over Hood. It's a three, and it's good! It's good for Eric Paschal! Largest lead of the night for the Warriors right now at 107.99. And the Dubs always have Tim Roy. Pascal, the rookie from Villanova, finishing with 34 points and 13 boards on his 23rd birthday. Golden State surprising Portland 127-118. Devin Booker scored 40 as the Suns gave the Sixers their first loss, 114-109. The Bucks dropped the T-Wolves, 134-106. The Nets outscored the Pelicans, 135-125. And Houston won in Memphis, 107-100. 44 points from James Harden while Russell Westbrook took the night off. The college hoop season begins tonight. Mm. Madison Square Garden has the top four teams in the country in the Champions Classic, Duke, Kansas, 7 Eastern, then Michigan State and Kentucky. Baseball unveiled the finalists for its major awards last night. Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, and A's shortstop Marcus Simeon up for AL MVP. Craig Council, Mike Schilt, and Brian Snitker for NL Manager of the Year. The winners announced starting on Monday. The Twins picked up their $12 million option on D.H. Nelson Cruz, but the Yankees did not give shortstop Didi Gregorius a 17.8 mil qualifying offer. Didi now a free agent. He could resign. If he goes elsewhere, though, the Yankees do not get draft pick compensation. And on ice last night, Arizona topped Edmonton 3-2 in overtime. Nashville smacked Detroit 6-1. Back to you, you know, guys. Is the trending? Is the All cat right. trending? Thank you, Were people talking during the break? The cat topic about the NFL Monday Night Football, the black cat. Was that um, trending yesterday? It, is it trending? I'm sure it was I'm trending. Sure. Jerry Rice on the show is talking about it. Come yeah. on, everybody's talking about yeah. it, right? And he brought it up himself. He yeah. did. And he obviously wasn't locked into seg two of Taz and the Moose. No. But that's a whole other story. But so... I don't think this is the first time this has happened where cats get on the field, though, in the NFL course game. Not. Oh, I mean, the Mets, Cubs in 69 yeah, is the NFL, most famous sir. thing. Yeah. NFL. No, I NFL. Know. I'm not talking about MLB. I understand. NFL. Pay attention, Okay, please. so what's the answer? What's the answer? I'm just, I'm just having a conversation. It's not a quiz. Oh, oh well, it's not I thought having you, a test. When was the last time a cat was on the field? I don't know. I would assume, oh. I don't know, off the top of my head, probably 2017. Uh-huh. I feel I've, like there was a squirrel recently. Yeah. I have no, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> no Dolphins, idea. Ravens, week eight, maybe? <laughs> I have no Pete? Idea. <laughs> I'll check on that. Thank yeah. you. I'm telling you, when? Geez, that's weird. Dolphins, Ravens did have a cat on the field uh, week eight in 2017. Really? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Way to Google yeah. it, Taz. Should have happened by accident. It. You guys are just... <laughs> Yeah. So entertaining, yeah. so creative. You guys are just Way to Google so it. great to play with. Way to Google uh, it. I'll be over here. But it was 2017. You were a little off. Oh, uh, see? You I were wrong. I said 2017. I said 2017. This cat actually looks like Leon. Way to Google it, Taz. That's good stuff. Right <laughs> what? You go watch. Don't that this sound this? Safer. That's me. No Google. No computer. All right. When was the last time there was Knowledge a cat on the field in a football game? I know the answer. 2017, Ravens-Dolphins on when, a CBS game, too. When was the last Your time family. there was a rat on the field? Never. That's not true. Baseball field. You said field. I you meant football. I know. <laughs> not the diamond. If you meant baseball, then I would have said. I know what. <laughs> this is a tough room. Time. Has anyone ever mentioned that? Yes, it is a tough room. Yeah, well, you know room. what? It's a tough room sometimes. Yeah. That's the thing that right, six me. to nine is a tough room. Yes. I would the other twenty one <laughs> hours. I really can't yeah, comment that's on. It. That was uh, funny. Uh, yeah, that was funny. That's Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Well you got it. I guess you're being dismissed. Now. See you later. <laughs> well you just dismissed the guy. I did. He's, He's got, got things so to mad. do. Well, what does he have? What does he have to do? He's got to prepare. He's got prepare multitude of jobs. All right. He might have a little play by play. Oh really? No, I'm huh. joking. I have no idea. Oh, Fordham games. Uh, yes, maybe. They're, I'm sure they're playing a football game this weekend. Are you throwing some hopes. audio right now? No, I'm not throwing. No, here we go. Pigskin pilot. Let's go. Okay. Yes, you are. I just asked you question. It's now time for the oh, pigskin pilot. Taz and Moose circle the wagons around the NFL. I mean, terms in the trade when you throw to Taz, something. Do you know I... when the last time a cat was on the field? That would be 2017, Ravens-Dolphins, CBS game. Too, what actually. week? Week eight. Wow, good memory. Look at you. Yeah, well buddy. done. Play around. Play well, around. You should have a book, NFL 100, according to Taz. <laughs> NFL 101, according That's to Taz. It. That's exactly right. <laughs> NFL. That's <right>. funny. <laughs> you can be my ghostwriter. Thank you very much. I need all the help I can get. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, let's head out to Indianapolis, Taz. MCL sprain. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna uh, take it day by day here uh, for Jacoby Brissett to see if he's available uh, this weekend as uh, the Colts get set to take on and entertain the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Clearly, they want him on the field. Clearly, they're a better team with him at quarterback than with uh, with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, and we saw that last week. Now, Vinatieri, if he makes the field goal, Colts are winning that game, and Hoyer does his job. However, uh, you know Brissett here. You don't want to get greedy. You don't want to be. You want to make sure he gets the necessary rest. But they got the best news possible. There's no tear. It's a sprain, which is a stretching of the ligaments. It'll be interesting to see if he gives it a go this weekend against Miami. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I think against Miami. Uh, to be honest, if I was right, I was the head coach of the of the Colts. To tell you the truth, I would not play Brissett. I would go with Hoyer. I mean, the Steelers, I know, I know they weren't really prepared for Hoyer, but he had three touchdowns, and he was 17 to 26, 168 yards. I Googled it, Moose. So, you know, I'll tell you. I mean, go with him against the stinky Dolphins. Dolphins have played hard, though, for Flores. I, I will say that. They I should be, I agree with you. They should be able to beat Miami even without Jacoby Brissett. You want them on the field, but they should be able to beat the Dolphins. I'm curious to think if this was a tougher opponent. Say... For argument's sake, say the Colts were taking on a, a the team. The Bills. Uh, or the Bills, the Baltimore Ravens. The do you think they the would answer. risk it and throw Brissett out there, knowing the opponent they're going up against? Or do you think he would get the rest regardless? Would you rest him regardless? Um, no. 
I wouldn't I rest them against a bad team. I agree. With That's that. my point. You know, I would rest them against a bad team. I, you know, um, uh, and I'd have them on the side of the in, in uniform. I'd have them in gear, ready to go as long as he's cleared. And if Hoyer is, you know, not doing a good job, then I would go to percent. That's how I would do it. Look, they're five and three in the AFC South, sitting in second place right behind Houston. They're in a great spot right now. They got to keep it rolling. They got a real good old line. We know that. They, they, they have a good, complete team. Andrew Luck had a good team set up right here. And Brissett finds himself in that spot that Luck's Gonski now. Okay? Now he's at the banged up a little bit. I, I, you're going against the Dolphins. It's a great opportunity to sit him on the sideline in his gear. Let Hoyer take the reins. If you stop messing up, if Hoyer met the things then are going, in. then you bring Brissett. Now, the one thing about Brissett is he's got my the, eyes closed. The one thing about Brissett is his mobility is taken away. All right. I mean, that's that. That's the now. Uh, he's that's not, he's not Lamar. Problem. He's not Lamar Jackson in terms of that kind of speed. But he is a mobile quarterback. He can run uh, a little bit and convert, uh, you know, right, third right. and shorts and the like. So that's that's pretty much gone. So you know, I, I would imagine there wouldn't be a ton of scrambling him with him with a with a sprained MCL, Taz, because you know he's wearing that big hulky knee brace. He had it when he returned to the field in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Uh, didn't enter the game again. And easily could have won that game. It'll be interesting to see what Reich and the Colts decide moving forward. How about down to Philadelphia? It's been really an injury-plagued year for wideout Deshaun Jackson as he remained his, as he made his triumphant return to Philadelphia in the offseason. When he's been healthy, he's been the deep threat for Carson Wentz. But news came out of Philadelphia yesterday that Deshaun Jackson is going to have core surgery, minor core surgery. Uh, that he's going to be out six weeks. A lot of people think he's done for the year. We're sitting here approaching week 10 of the NFL regular season as action gets going on Thursday night, Taz. So uh, if you're hoping that Deshaun Jackson would make a a return and stay healthy the rest of the year, thinking again, now with this surgery, he might be done for the rest of the year. Oh, man, that's just just, just horrible, right or wrong. I mean, you know, this is a guy that is just so fun to watch, right? No doubt. I mean everything. Just yeah, it's a it's a it's a major problem. I'm really gonna do. I mean, what are they gonna do? Well, I mean now, it, well, right, and they don't have that guy to be able to take the cover off the top of the defense, right? So you got Alshon Jeffrey that can go up. He's the big play target, kind of you know the big bodied receiver. They've got you know Aguilar who, when he catches the football, is pretty good. You know how good their tight ends are. Zach Ertz is an incredible receiving tight end. Uh, and and dynamic for that offense, but they brought Jackson in there to fill a role, and unfortunately, they're not going to have that role filled for a team that's kind of figured things out offensively and defensively, and is playing some of their better football. How about up to Cleveland? A couple of things out of the Browns camp. Number one, Kareem Hunt, his suspension's over, uh, so Hunt is going to be making his return to the Cleveland Browns, and reports out of Cleveland are that he will have a role in this offense moving forward. See. I don't see Chubb as an issue. I don't see running the football as being an issue. I see the commitment to the run by the head coach and the play caller being an issue, Taz. And that's something we've talked about all year long. I mean, can he help and keep Chubb fresh? Yeah. Is Kareem Hunt talented? There's no doubt. I mean, he was let go by the Chiefs, not based on performance, based on the -the off-the-field stuff. And the video came out of him at that hotel. But, you know, can he play in the NFL? There's no doubt. Can he help the ground game? Yes, but... Freddie Kitchens also has got to be committed to running the football and running the football. Well, he might not have much of an option because Baker just not, he's just, his efficiency is not really there. His, you know, his numbers are not really good as far as throwing the ball and his decision making. So 
if you could run, I mean, I'm a big fan of Nick Chubb, you know, second year guy out of Georgia. I love him, you know, and but if you could get a two back system going, you know, with, with Hunt and Chubb, I mean, geez, I mean, that's that's pretty impactful. We knew when word went down that that the Browns picked up from the Chiefs, uh, you know, Hunt and all that stuff. We were like, wow, even though we knew off field stuff with him, suspension, all that jazz, and we and at that time, I remember just as a just paraphrasing, you know, we were talking about all the weapons and and throw in uh, Hunt, you know, from from Beckham to Landon and Joko, all these guys, Mayfield. We were talking about Chubb, all these guys, you know, Miles Garrett on defense, all these guys. And then you throw in Hunt, you know, it's just more and more weaponry for a two and sixteen. Yeah, yeah two and sixteen. That is an issue of keeping everybody happy, Taz. But we do know this: what was Mayfield successful a year ago? He's successful throwing off the run, right? Right. And right, they've kind of got away with that with the acquisition of Odell Beckham Jr. They've kind of opened it up a little bit. And when they've been more reliant on Mayfield, he has played poor. Uh, his decision making on the field has been not exactly what you want. Uh, has been poor, and that's being kind. He's been a turnover machine, throwing interceptions left and right. So. Oh, maybe they've got to go back to the drawing board, look at terms of what were they successful with in 2018 and say, all right, now we've got the two backs. You're right. Both of them are talented. Both of them should be fresh here moving forward and emphasize the run to help out their quarterback. I think that's what they got to do. I mean, that's what I would do if I was Freddie Kitchens, but obviously I'm not the head coach of the Browns. I agree with everything you said. You're you're right. I mean, that's what you got to do. You're right. I mean, so... They got to figure it out. I mean, like we said yesterday, Kitchens might be in trouble here. I mean, you know, it's just that, that there's something just not right there on a lot of levels. You know, with Cleveland in general. I, I agree with you. I know. I agree yeah. with you. They seem to be a hot mess. Speaking of hot messes, how about the Atlanta Falcons? They come off their bye week. I, I think if you were probably laying odds, you thought Dan Quinn would have gotten fired during the course of the bye week. Maybe they came to the resolution that it really wasn't going to be matter if they fired their head coach in terms of turning this season around. Maybe they felt like this season was long gone. But uh, Quinn remains as head coach down there in Atlanta. Uh, but there's going to be three changes uh, They the Atlanta Falcons announced on Monday to their coaching staff. Raheem Morris, who was the wide receivers coach, will switch back to the defensive side as an additional secondary coach. Morris will work with Jerome Henderson, the defensive passing game coordinator, and Doug Mallory, the defensive backs coach. So they're trying to clean up, and receiver's really not an issue for the Atlanta Falcons. So Dan Quinn, the defensive savant he was with the Seattle Seahawks, remember it was D.C. before he became head coach down in Atlanta, he tries to strengthen up that defensive side of the football in that defensive backfield, adding Raheem Morris, taking him away from the receiving room, putting him in the defensive backfield room. Will that equate to much down in Atlanta? You know, honestly, I, I think it's kind of just moving the chairs around. I don't know if that's necessarily going to mean all that much in terms of performance for the Atlanta Falcons here moving forward, Tess. Uh, listen, I, I agree. Uh, they could do, the Falcons can do whatever they want right now. The bottom line is on Sunday, afternoon, they're going into New Orleans to play the Saints. They're doomed. <laughs> so they can do whatever they want. They, they got a lot. This team is 1-7, I believe. They are just, I, they, you know, I don't know what happened with these guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just had Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time, on here talking about Julio Jones as his favorite wide receiver. And that Julio Jones is on this Falcon team we're talking about. Yes. Matty Ice what happened to Matty Ice? Well, he got hurt a couple weeks ago, nah, but he's I'm been terrible. Like, well, no, I know. It, speech, it, right, you know no, I mean? no, I know what you mean. And Matty Ice has not been great this year. That's I agree with you. The offense yeah. has not been great. The offensive line has not been great. 
And to just give you the other two moves the Falcons made to their coaching staff, Dave Brock, who had been the running backs coach, was moved to his old position of wide receivers coach. And the and the great Bernie Parmalee, remember him? Oh, yeah. He was an offensive assistant, assistant special teams coach. He was moved back to his old position of running backs coach. So there you have it, some changes down there in Atlanta. And Chris Johnson over to New York in the Jets. Chris Johnson, the the Jets owner, maybe a, a little bit of thin skin because um, he's a little bit bothered by all the criticism that, A, he is taking, and that, B, his head coach, Adam Gaze, is taking oh, God. after this team's 1-7 start for the Jets. Win games, and no one will say nothing. You know what I mean? Play better. Make good decisions. What's he, what's he complaining about? Well, he thinks it's a little unfair. Uh, Welcome to the media. Welcome to New York. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Do you think about? it's unfair? Do you think Do you think Gay's getting criticized year one? Um, and is his hiring of Adam Gaze is unfair? Do you think that? Do you think no, that's? It's not unfair. You got to win. You have to win. Plus, you were brought in right. to help out the quarterback when the quarterback's been on the field with Sam Darnold when he's been healthy over Mono. He's regressed. You know how much no. money? How much is he making? Do you know off the top of your head? Who's how that? Much Gates, Gates. How I much don't know offhand. All right. He's he signed a four-year deal. How about Joe Douglas, the GM, to get him from the Philadelphia Eagles? They gave him a six-year contract. Wow. Six years six for a GM. Six-year contract. That's like your, uh, your president of your Redskins. He's got a 20-year contract. A lifetime deal. <laughs> they signed it in blood. That's unbelievable. They signed it in blood. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, oh, right, till boy. death do us part. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, the, the, the Jets, stop crying. Okay, stop crying. Win games. Your fan base is loyal, and they hate you now. Okay? And they've been through hell. That's why fans like me left you and went to the Buffalo Bills. And I'm happy now. Sources told I'm them, happy. Okay? I'm sure you are. I'd be happy, too, if I were a Bill fan. Sources told the New York Daily News that the Jets CEO has told people that he's been unfairly criticized for hiring Gase. Um, oh, who, who, according to the Daily News, has been an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. One other thing I want to throw. I'll give a, a little bit of love to your team, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've, been critical, I've been critical of Josh Allen here, yeah, Taz. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Uh, and he's not a – I will say this, though. The one thing I've told you about Josh Allen that I like, he's a finisher. Yes. And his fourth quarter quarterback rating – I think over the last couple of years, I think it's top three in the league. It is, yeah. And yeah. I think that says a lot about a young signal caller. I, I get you have to be good all game long, and I understand he's got to find consistency and accuracy has always been an issue for Josh Allen. But I will say this. I trust Allen in the fourth quarter. That's why when we <laughs> talked about that game against the New England Patriots, that close loss in which they couldn't get much offensively going, he get knocked out with a concussion. I thought if he stayed on the field, I thought the Bills would have won that game. Yeah. I thought they would have handed the Pats their first loss before the Ravens lost this past Sunday night. Because Allen in the fourth quarter, Allen's got that clutch gene. He does. That is not that you can't teach it, you yep. can't coach it. You're right. Either you have it or you don't. And I think Josh Allen's got it. I think you're right. He's a tough kid, man. Every play, every single play, you could feel he's given 150. percent You know, he is. Uh, you know, he he really. You could tell how bad he wants to win. He wants to gain a lot of yards. It's like he just he has no fear. And sometimes when he's running the ball, you can feel that. And as the game evolves on, he starts grasping that defense he's playing against better. And you really start seeing that clutchness come out of him. And uh, I just hope. Everybody, a lot of people have been talking about that with him lately. I was hoping it doesn't jinx the kid. I'm worried about that. 
Because right now we're doing pretty good. We're sitting six and two. Yeah, and I'm well, very I'm happy. Way to the playoffs halfway through the year. Very happy with my team right now. Should be. Uh, Singletary's back running the rock a little bit. Frank Gore was very quiet running the ball. But Singletary is the man. Okay, he had a little shy of 100 yards this week rushing against the Skins. So, oh, man, I'm just happy. You know, I'm just happy. got to improve those short yardage runs. Well, that's what you would think would happen with Gore. And we got to stop the run. Our defensive line. Yeah, that's a problem, too. I mean, gee whiz. But I don't know what's going on. Those third and fourth and shorts. I mean, you were making. That was a high field. What's his name? Peterson. AP looked like he was just coming out of college again. Uh, might one NFL team be relocating across the pond? We'll give you which oh, team no. and the possibility. Oh, no. We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line of 855-212-4227. Who's it brought to you by our good friends over at Geico? Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance, Taz. And we talk about the games over in London, right? We disagree. I like them. You don't. And I get it. And and I understand why you don't. But, uh, you know, I find it enjoyable when they play in Mexico City. I find that enjoyable as well. And obviously, there's been kind of, you know, rumor, you know, rumblings in terms of, you know, greasing the skids um, for, you know, an NFL, whether it be expansion team or there was one point in time, you know, you know the cons very well that the Jacksonville Jaguars, right. there was a lot of reports a number of years ago that they were going to be the team yes. uh, that played uh, you know, their home games over in London. Mm. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers, we talked about Adam Gaze being an unmitigated disaster. That's been an unmitigated disaster. Uh, they're in a marketplace where they are buried by the Los Angeles Rams, who've got a history in that city. Right. Um, right. Who And now the Chargers, they're playing in a soccer stadium. Uh, where the majority of the fans that are going to those games are fans of the opponents. It's amazing. Where it almost it, because it, I mean, it, you know, when you're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the terrible towels are out uh, in and California, way, in California, yeah. you know you've got a problem. <laughs> and, it, and and it's not just the Steelers. Oh it's not. I mean, it's everybody, anybody, and anybody that plays out there. It's almost like the Los Angeles Chargers are playing 16 road games all year long. So it's been it's been an absolute disaster for them. In terms of now, we do know this. They're going to share the home right now as as we sit here on this Tuesday morning, you know, where Hollywood Park, the old racetrack, used to be. Right. As they're building that new monstrosity of a stadium. It's amazing what they're right? building. Right. Well, amazing what they're building if you've seen the construction so far. But them and the Rams are going to share that stadium, which is fine. We've seen other teams do it. The Jets and Giants do it locally here in New York where we broadcast from. You, you, you say it's fine. You're okay with that, dude? I, I hate that. That they um, share stadiums. No, I get why they do it. I mean, I I get why you know, especially in large cities, why they do it, Taz. I, yeah, I, no, I know. But I, I mean, I would rather. I mean, the I think the jet. I think MetLife Stadium is um, hospital like. I, I don't think it's got any feel whatsoever. You know what I mean? There's no atmosphere. I, there's no, no atmosphere. Right, right. I agree. There's nothing special about it. Uh, there's no great quality about it. If you drive past it, and I'm sure you've seen it from that, it looks like a big air conditioner unit. Right, right. Uh, there's there's nothing that to me that uh, screams and, team or spirit. Correct. Team spirit there's or nothing. Something like you know that, what they right. do? They change the lighting. Right. When it's right. a jet home game, it's green. Right. 
When it's Absolutely. a giant home game, it's blue. That takes a lot of work. I mean, they, that's they all. put a different thing on the wall, Correct. two different graphics. Correct. Yeah. That, that's right. that's all they do, and they change the stadium. I'm talking about on the outside, but so I'm a Bills fan. Yeah, there are reports now that the Chargers that there's gaining momentum about them moving over to London. Oh my God! Come on, I jeez, I, I got to tell you, I hope that doesn't happen. It does. I'll tell I, you why not. If it's not working in because Los I'm Angeles, because I'm American, that's why. No, no, I. Uh, but Taz, let me ask you: If it's not, if you don't have the fan support for the Chargers in LA, how could and, this be, though? And you're not going to have it, say, when they move into that new stadium. Yeah. Why wouldn't you then kick the tires and then move it over to London? Because this is a. Just because we live in a gigantic, great country. The greatest country in the world. I'm not denying on it. There's that. tons of real estate and property and land. There's, there's 50 states. Go play in Hawaii. Well, the, I it's mean, part of America. I get it. I get it. I understand it. I mean, the travel there is a little bit of an issue as well. But I get it. I understand. It doesn't bother me. I actually kind of like it. But now we have some answers, right? There was there was there were people saying, "Why, why is it Riverside past 2019?" Yeah. You think yeah. Philip Rivers wants to? He's got like eight kids. You think Philip Rivers wants to move over and live no. over in London? No. no, he's not looking to move and play football games over in London. So there was a lot of questions about, and I know he's up there in age, but there was concerns about you know where he was, his future as a Charger. You know, maybe this has some. Maybe he got a little bit of an inkling that this is a possibility of them playing games over in London. <sighs> Gotta get my eyes. Taz, how great would that be, though? It's not great. You have games starting at 9.30 in the morning every week. Ugh. Another avenue, revenue You sold stream. me on the friggin' game this Sunday, and you didn't even watch, and I did in the morning. Well, and Taz, I watched I was the game. Dealing... You didn't even watch it. Taz, I was, my washing machine was on fire. That's true. It took a little bit of a precedence. <laughs> Literally. Over Texans and Jaguars. I'm sorry. But you guys had the marathon Taz, on instead. CBS Sports Radio. Ah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law